0: Welcome to another episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About, brought to you by Sales Gravy. I'm Gina Tremarco, Master Sales Trainer at Sales Gravy. And I'm excited. You know, I love bringing back guests. It's probably one of the things I love the most is to bring back guests that were really cool. And this guest, the thing that sticks out to me about her last time she was here was we talked about Girl Scout cookies and selling them. And I love a good entrepreneur who was an entrepreneur as a child. Those are my favorite. So I'm going to read her bio and then introduce her to the show. Just give you a highlight if you don't remember her. But we'll bring him back, Laura Castleman. And she is such a cool, entrepreneurial, and nice woman. But sometimes, you know, it's hard to find that combination in any human being. Just a little bit of background on her with an ambition to dance on Broadway Fulfilled. Laura Castleman beat the Old Boys Club and we both live in the same town, so we know what that feels like. But we got it everywhere, unfortunately. She beat the Old Boys Club at their own game, advancing into the boardroom of the Big Apple. As the CEO of JVZoo, which we'll talk a little bit about today, co-founder of Vita Street and with a quadruple listing on Inc 5000's list of America's fastest growing companies Laura's become a champion for equal rights and opportunity and her new book Trust Your Increments hits the bookshelves already I think I think they're on the bookshelves she's going to tell us that because that happened March 7th and she aims to show the next generation of business leaders how to get what they want without losing their soul Oh, my goodness. Yes. Welcome back, Laura. Thank you for having me again. I was thrilled to be joining you today. So excited. There's so much I want to talk about because I think, you know, it's been a couple of years since you've been here. And I think people need to know about JV Zoo for one, because I'd love to hear about how that's going and what's been going on with that. But I. Really, the thing that got me interested to have you back again is our good friend Rachel, who was the original co host with me on this show, said, Laura wrote a new book. You got to talk to Laura. You got to talk to Laura. <laughs> and I'm like, All right. So, trust your increments. So I'll just quickly read at least what's on Amazon. So, it says, Trust your increments depicts the twists and turns of Laura's Laura Castleman's career from dancing in a one stoplight Southern town and performing on stage in the Christmas spectacular to entering the boardrooms of New York city and spearheading JV zoo an industry leader that has been listed on Inc 5,000. We talked about that earlier when written for professionals seeking to change the trajectory of their, their own careers. I think many people are looking to do that right now. Treasure increments aims to show a new generation of business leaders, how to get what they want with incremental easy, applicable steps. Yes, please. Awesome. Kudos for you. Let's start with what inspired you to write this book. So
1: originally I was just going to write a business book. I just thought all these people are constantly asking me, how do I do this? How do I get more subscribers to my email list? How do I grow my following here? How do I do this? I was giving out information everywhere and I felt let me just write a kind of a book of all these things that I'm sharing. But as I started reaching out to get feedback about a book, which is something you absolutely want to do before you put a book out there, I had more and more of my female business relationship respond back saying, you're leaving out the biggest thing for us, which is everything that we go through on a daily basis that no one really talks about. We talk about it a little bit, but like, We'll really get into it. Give it me one example. Like the every single day systemic sexism that we face. Mm. You know, where we're in a business meeting and we present a great idea and no one responds. And then 10 minutes later, a male regurgitates our great idea and it's the best thing everyone's heard. Or we are speaking and a man interrupts us and says, I think what she's trying to say, well, I'm an intelligent human being. I know exactly what I'm trying to say. And I was saying it before you so rudely interrupted me. (laughs) And even women, which I talk about in my book, this is not just a male problem. Women do it to each other all the time. How did she get that job? I wonder what she did to get there. Or just recently, I was denied for publicity for my book by a major TV network because I'm a female in tech. And it was said, my job is not that interesting. Had I run a baking company it would have been more interesting got the front door exactly and I was like well pardon me for leaving my apron strings behind I'm actually not a good baker there are other people that are far better than that you know than I am and this is why I run a tech company
0: yeah way to you know way to help grow stem for females right like exactly like this we're always looking for how do we get women into these roles and but be a baker exactly
1: and this was a massive tv show based in new york city that recently their vp came out and said you know we are working more on showcasing equality but really that was just a press release
0: clearly I love that phrase. It was just a press release. How was there a triggering event that got you to like, well, I mean, you you got a lot of people asking you for the Mm -hmm. thing. What else? What are some of the other things that people felt like you were leaving out of the book?
1: I think that was mostly what the feedback I was getting at the time was. So then I just started writing stories down. I just started adding them in. And I did feel much, so much better about it. But then when I would send it out then, people were like, okay, one thing that you've left out now, Laura, is that you love what you do. You like working. And how have you retained all your joy in doing this? So that's when the book fully transitioned into, hey, let's talk about these things. Let's address them. So both women know that they're not alone in this, but men, good men know how to recognize it and stop it in its tracks. But then also, While we are dealing with the problem, because we are still 230 plus years out from equal pay, I can't even believe it. Every time I say it, it does not get better. I'm not accepting it still. But each time that I look at that, I realize, hey, we've got to talk about this more. We've got to fight the fight. But in the meantime, we we can't get so down on ourselves about it that we don't know how to do our work joyfully anymore.
0: So I know the book just came out. How is it going and how was the process of getting the book out?
1: Well, the process is not fun. I wish I could tell you it was. Writing the book was the easiest thing, but it has been a week of celebration. I got to go to Times Square, see my billboard with my face and the book. And that was really thrilling. I lived there 11 years. I avoided Times Square like the plague. And then spent the most time there this past weekend. And I also got listed on the Wall Street Journal bestsellers list as number three. That is really it's cool. So awesome. It's been an experience. I've been super thrilled. It's been a minute since I was wild. And I, I've been wowed lately. I've been and that's what I that's what I try to do now, right? I don't care what other people say about my career or where I am anymore. I'm here and doing the steps I'm taking to impress myself now. And that's just the, you know, the journey I'm currently on. And I, I wowed myself
0: for the first time in a long time. And I, you know, it's a good feeling. It is. What an interesting way to look at it and to think about it. Wowing yourself. I mean, let's yeah. just take a beat on that. Everybody listening is we spend so much time trying to wow everybody around us to get them to do the things we want them to do or buy the things that we're selling. What if we twe- We what if we had this pivot and we focus on wowing ourselves? What kind of impact could that have? I believe massive. I think that we
1: have the saying comparison is the thief of joy, mm-hmm. and we have become a society of comparison with social media, highlight reels. We suck the joy out of our own daily lives, and one of the things I do talk about in my book is why. Finding happiness for yourself matters so very much. And a lot of parents have forgotten that more than grades or achievements, teaching your children how to be happy is priority. Because happy people don't go hurting other people.
0: Oh, yeah. What a great concept. Do you have any suggestions on
1: how to wow yourself? So, For me, it boils down to defining what success is to yourself. A lot of times people say, oh, to be successful, you need the big title. You need the corner office. You need the huge paycheck. But in reality, not everyone wants those things. I needed the big title. I needed to be a CEO. That was on my to-do list, really. But now that I'm older, now that my priorities have adjusted in life, the things that define success to me are very different. And I think we constantly have to evaluate what does success mean to me personally? Stop comparing to everyone else on social media, break it down to what are the things that I want to do that will make me feel successful? And maybe that is having more time to yourself to do the things that you enjoy. Maybe that is, you know, meeting up with your friends once a week. A lot of times as we age, we get so busy and just trying to pay the bills, we forget how much joy just sitting with our friends and having a meal is. And it becomes almost like a job to even fit it into our schedule. Yeah. So I think defining what success means to you, doing it on your own terms and dropping the comparison of what you think, Other people are really doing because we don't know what's happening. You know, we live on these. We see social media highlight reels. We see everyone else's success. And we don't even know if they're truly happy.
0: Yeah, because so much of it is edited, right? Absolutely. Um, I've always been one of those this is who I am people. And what's interesting about that is I put that out there exactly who I am. And if I was going through a hard time, which I did a few years ago, I got criticized. If I was going through some really great times like I have been, I get criticized. And then like that was the final straw. I'm like, are you really making comments about my happiness on Facebook? Mm -hmm. Wow. And previously you were making comments about my, you know, not being happy. And that was an awakening moment of stop caring what other people think and stop worrying about being what they want you to be and censoring yourself, I'm like, I am ha- I can be happy with myself and look at myself in the mirror and be like, this is who I am. Good, bad, indifferent, sometimes yeah. a hot mess, which I've been called, or or not, right? I can't. Right people will come to us. That is so true. The right people will come to us. Those that need
1: to exit will do so on their own as well. Sometimes we need to expedite it for a few people. But really, People will do it on their own if it's not like a situation you need to immediately remove yourself from. I think sometimes people that give you those digs, because I'm unmarried, I'm in my 40s, I'm unmarried happily. People will say, Well, why aren't you married? And I'm like, Because I I don't have to be. (laughs) You know, like I am the man I dreamed of marrying, I have the title, (laughs) I have the salary, like (laughs) I'm happy, I'm fulfilled. And if the right person and the right situation comes along, then I may i myself married one day, but right now that's not needed for me. But people will ask that question to me. And then before they leave, they'll sometimes say, oh, I hope you find happiness. Wow. What? Yeah. What about me being unmarried makes you think I'm unhappy? Like, <laughs> it's wild. But then I have to remind myself that that's their criteria. That's not mine. I don't mm-hmm. need to carry that around.
0: Yeah, that's funny. That's a whole other topic to get into because I remember being in a marriage where I was unhappy. So there was no happiness involved in that. I am happy to say I don't have that now, but it's funny what people choose to get behind and rally behind and what their opinions are on that. Absolutely. Like they'd rather see you unhappily married so that I don't know. So maybe they feel better about themselves. I don't know. I don't know.
1: I don't either. And you know what? I realize it's not my job to understand other people's thought process. And I do strongly feel like it is my job to ensure that I'm happy. That is my job. And when I'm happy, I can better perform at work. I can be a better mother. I can show up better for my friends. And when I'm unhappy, it is my job to figure out why and to fix it. That's it. It's well, no one else is. Yes.
0: And you really hit on something that's important in the business world. And you know this as a CEO. Happy employees who have happy lives personally, yeah. right, are going to produce more. That's right. That's and, right. And I'm sure you've seen this too. You have to be, you have to ebb and float with that as a leader. So let's just say you've got some employees that are not performing well. Something's not going right. You have to have the emotional intelligence to tap in and be like, what's going on. Right. And it's mm-hmm. usually something personal. That's right. That's dragging them down. Right. And talk a little bit about that, of being a CEO and managing that. So just
1: like you said, you have to recognize it and you have to be able to reach out and you have to have an environment where people feel comfortable speaking to you. And I've recently had one of these situations and they happen when you work with people for a while. And I don't have hype churn. But when you work with people for a while, you really do get to know the flow. And sometimes people just have a bad day. Let them have a bad day. You don't need to be all over them when they have a bad day. But if you're consistently seeing a difference in a person, you do need to reach out. And it is always deeply personal. And it's usually a difficult subject. And so I let them tell me what they want to. And I give them choices then. And the choices are, okay, do you need to take time away? Your job's safe, but do you need to take time away to fix this situation or not even fix it, but maybe to process? And then there's other times where I'm like, hey, you know, this problem is not going to go away anytime soon from what you've shared with me. So I need you to tell me what is the right path for you? Because sometimes there is a reality, right? Like the world is not in a great place right now. And in particular, the dollar's not stretching as far as it used to. And a lot of times employees need to be paid more to handle inflation, but at the same point in time, employers aren't necessarily able to charge more. So we're not making more money. We're just kind of taking a moment of either stagnant or Mm loss. And we have to make the hard decisions. So then we have to say, here's reality. What do we do? Let's work together because I respect my team and I want to work with my team. Another thing that we do as well is we pay our employees or we incentivize them to work out. I let my employees name what they want to win because sometimes it's not cash. Sometimes they want cool swag. Sometimes they want a water bottle that lights up and tells them now's when to drink water. But I let them name and I give fitness challenges. So you named your prize. Here's your fitness challenge. Because we all know that working out helps us release those endorphins that make us feel happier and feel better and make us not only healthier, but happier people. So I make sure that we incorporate that as well, because I want my employees who do sit at a desk and who do
0: program or handle support tickets online all day to get up and move. That's awesome. That is great. That's great advice for some leaders out there. Let's talk more about JVZoo because there might be people out there who don't know what JVZoo is. It's kind of cool that it's your baby and it's right here in my backyard. So tell us a little more about JVZoo.
1: Sure. So JVZoo is an online marketplace where we introduce people who have a product to sell to our army of over 1 million affiliates who can go out and sell that for them for a percentage of the price. You get to name the percentage, you're in total control over your business, you get to bring your own payment processor, so your business retains the income, and we just help split the pay, the contract, make the connections for you, handle the whole back end for you, your product
0: gets out there to the world. And what would be some examples of what those products are?
1: So one of the or the biggest types of products right now are, of course, video editing software because people are editing all their reels or content for YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. So those are really popular products right now. But we have everything from how to do digital online courses of anything from running your roofing business to investing, you name it, we've got it.
0: Oh, that is so cool. And what inspired you to start that?
1: So, I did not start JB Zoo. I serve at the pleasure of the board, but it was started by a college professor here locally in Myrtle Beach, Coastal Carolina. Oh, cool. He and his, yeah, he and his business partners came up with the idea in 2012. They created JB Zoo and I joined them in 2015 and began taking them
0: so- to new levels. So, that is so cool. I love that. I didn't know that. You know, you're such a boss. I just assumed. <laughs> I just made yeah, know.
1: No, I'm super fortunate to join this company. They've been a massive part of my career, my life. A lot of the ways that I choose to lead came from things that I saw them doing that maybe I just tweaked a little bit. But they we've been doing 100% telecommuting since 2012 as a company. So when the pandemic hit, when everyone was transitioning, we were already there. We already, we had office space and we said, come if you need to be around people. Come when we occasionally do a mandatory meeting, but you're adult. Here's your deadline. Join the team calls and then handle
0: your life and your work. So I'm curious, what was the impact on you guys when the pandemic hit? You know, you're already all working remotely, but how did that impact the business?
1: So, of course, we saw an influx because it is the ability to work from home. Our entire platform has made millionaires all across the world from being able to take their ideas and for people to... Be able to also make a commission to their audiences, whether they had a following on Pinterest or their blog or Instagram. They could then grab an affiliate link and say, "Hey, this product makes sense for my following." So we've been creating self-made millionaires off of our platform for years.
0: We saw a mass. I'm going to be a self-made millionaire.
1: come on over. Yeah. So we saw a huge increase in sign up and the use of our platformer people saying, you know, Hey, I've got to figure out now that I no longer can go into my job, how I'm going to bring in income and do it on my own time. Because some people were then working remotely, but it wasn't on their own time. And then they also had their kids to homeschool. It's, you know, we were super fortunate. Others were not so Fortunate, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I would assume that you would have saw some kind of uptick because people are looking maybe for side hustles. That's right. If someone has a, a product to sell and they want to use Jbzoo, how do they go about that? Super easy. you
1: go to jbzoo.com. you sign up for a free account. We believe in a synergy with our users so we don't make money until you make money. We do not charge you. we charge a flat fee off of every cell that is generated off of our platform and our network. So
0: you're not going to lose anything. You don't have to worry about a large investment. The network is taking affiliate links and going out and like, I could be like, oh, that's a cool product. I think some of my clients would like that. And Mm -hmm. I can go share that link and then make affiliate income. Correct. That's right.
1: So there's no charge to affiliates ever. You just make the percentage of whatever you are promoting and, based off the sales that you generate and we pay our affiliates out depending on how long you've been on the network and if you right now we leave it optional to get KYC which is know your customer verified so it, it verifies that you are who you say you are based off of your ID your photograph then we will pay you out anywhere between three days 21 days maximum.
0: I need to go check out some products. (laughs) It's time to start sharing. You probably them. have products you should be listing there. You're, you have such sales knowledge. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, that'll be, an, that'll be another call with you and I. Super. I look forward to it. Tell me more. Tell me more about the book. What else oh. is there that they can take away?
1: So, trust your increments
0: is how small, consistent
1: steps can lead to massive success. And I truly believe it. I believe that no matter how big your dreams are, we just need to break them down into small actionable steps. And you have to work. There's no such thing as a free ride. You have to work your list daily. And I am a big believer, like I can show you, I've got the book here. But aside from that, like I have hundreds of these notebooks where my big list is at the beginning. My I plan out my whole year at the beginning and then I have a to-do list every day. These are unfinished lists, which mean the tabs. I need to come back to those because I had to keep moving forward on other things, but maybe a third party was holding me up. They never, yeah, they never are not finished. In fact, I think the follow up for trust your increments is going to be me creating a notebook where the system's built in for people to work their increment. Because when people, that's a brilliant idea. Thank you. When people read off like my accomplishment, even I'm like, really, I've done that. And it sounds really cool. But Nothing about me special, not one thing other than like, if you ask my parents, of course they're supposed to think that, but I'm just a normal person who grew up in a one stoplight small town. And I just, I'm never, ever going to look back on my life and say, I wish I would have done that. I refuse to live that life. I refuse to wonder what if. So, and one more thing, and this one's key. I do not believe failure is the end of a sentence. Failure is part of my process. I fail so and- many times. And it does not matter because I believe it is part of the process, and I keep working my checklist. I work my list over and over again, and then I'm on the Wall Street Journal bestsellers list. I mean, that's pretty dope. <laughs> I mean, that's I am not, not going to lie. Right now, um, I'm still living in the moment. It's pretty awesome.
0: <laughs> I, you and I could talk forever about the whole book process. I've been yeah. trying to finish it for years, and now I am, I'm going on a self forced writing sabbatical, you know, in April. And in Georgetown, I found a cabin on an island in Georgetown that I have to take I didn't a know to. Existed. I know. I'll have to send you the link to it. it. It's super cool. Going with another friend who's writing a book and I'm like, we're going to get on this boat and go on this island and like, we can't leave it. And I'm like, I think, I feel like I could get a really good dent in the writing. I hear you say, oh, the writing was the easy part. <laughs> oh, it is. And like, well,
1: first of all, so my recommendations for the writing are, y- you do you know your chapters? Yeah. Okay. So then break out your chapters into smaller sections and th- just define them because then it's really easy to write a section. Define them and work through them. Just incremental steps, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the <theme>. uh, there <laughs> it is a theme. Exactly. Um, but then after that, the pitching the book is the whole book pitch is more. It's harder to write that book pitch than it is to write anything else. Get feedback, plenty of feedback. And you're going to think you're done with the book. You're not You're going to rework it, rewrite it a gazillion times. So you may even want to not even write out all your section, depending on if you want to go traditionally published or not.
0: Well, I think that's the million dollar question. There's everyone's got a different school of thought or a different opinion on published versus Mm self-published.
1: You could even do hybrids. There's benefits to hybrid and it seems to be more mainstream now than ever. What was what did you do? I went hybrid. Oh, you did. okay. I went hybrid for distribution. So Morgan James is my publisher. I have distribution everywhere. Anywhere books are sold. I am there. Okay. Which is
0: great because if you wanna rank for any bestsellers list, you've gotta have distribution. I didn't even um, know I didn't even know there was a hybrid option. You just taught me something new.
1: So many, but I'll be we should talk later, but definitely a lot of hybrids want to charge you money.
0: Talk to me. Okay. We'll have another conversation we'll have that. another though. i look forward to it <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that is awesome so your book is out people can go check that out now it's on amazon i'm going to definitely go check that out any other words of wisdom that you can give our listeners before we wrap up my
1: well let's see aside from working in increment knowing that failure is part of the process I would say the biggest thing then is to know your no's. Everybody talks about knowing your why, which is brilliant. You need to know your why, but then you need to know your no. Because if it doesn't support your dream, if it does, doesn't support what you stand for, you have to say no. And in particular, this one's hard for women. Women have a very hard time saying no because we get judged when we say no. It's like a four-letter word for us. Yeah. But the reality is women are overextended. We say yes to so many things that we should not say yes to. We don't have enough time for the things that we need to do to support our own dreams and goals, to pay the bills and to bring
0: us happiness. So exercise the word no and know where your lines are for that. Yeah, that is probably the best way to end this. That is such a great nugget of know your no's because we don't ever hear anyone say that. We do hear the know your why and getting the yes and all that. But Laura, that was amazing thank you so much for being here today it's been way too many years but it was great having you back thank you for having me i will join you anytime Jana. oh awesome well you might be back very soon uh, <laughs> my new thing this year is rotating in really great guests and having them come back hey warners thanks for listening to this episode of the women your mother warns you about brought to you by sales gravy if you want to up your game in selling University is the place to go with over 200 courses, both live and on demand. And to get an all access pass to that, I'm just going to tell you the investment on it is probably cheaper than what you spend at Starbucks every month. So go check that out salesgravy.university and we will see you on the next show.